Welcome to Blue Topsy Radio. I'm Daniel Blackman. I'm Eric Cohen. And uh, it's good to be back with you, getting ready to have a conversation with a governor from the state of uh, Washington. And uh, it should be interesting, Eric. Yes, uh, Governor Jay Inslee was in town. And not only was he in town, but I thought it was good to see some of the work to get uh, folks motivated around our state for Stacey Abrams and her uh, pursuit for the gubernatorial uh, election and her focus on becoming the first black woman in the United States to be a governor. And um, I'm so excited to be able to have this conversation. And so we want to just talk a little bit to start off about some conservation uh voting records from Governor Inslee, but also some of the accomplishments and the achievements he's made. Eric and I have, you know, just met the gentleman, had an opportunity to have a conversation, but we want to make it relatable towards his background and to give some insight into uh, who he is, because regardless of uh, what your views are from this midterm election going into 2020, not only are there going to be a lot of uh, governors and U.S. senators on the Democratic side that are going to consider running for president, but we feel like we should know uh, more about the individuals that are the leaders within our parties and uh, in our party. And this gentleman happens to be the chair of the uh, Democratic National Governors Association, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh he comes from a state where, you know, the environment is a, a big issue for voters, and he's taking a lot of initiatives uh, in the state of Washington. So Governor Inslee was actually down here to support Stacey Abrams and her campaign. He was down in Atlanta for a day, and then they went to Savannah the next day to, uh, you know, campaign for her. Uh, Governor Inslee, um, he was also in the U.S. House, so he has a long history of you know public service in Washington State. What I know is our good friend Laura Turner Seidel and the mm-hmm. entire Seidel and, and Turner family here in Atlanta. Uh, shout out to Ted Turner, and uh, it, right. it's amazing to see the work that folks are doing. But more importantly, I'm very active within the Georgia Conservation Voters, uh, which is a part of the League of Conservation Voters, and. And in my research from Governor Inslee, um, you know, there were several achievements in 2017, um, such as achieving, you know, uh, political priorities around that state. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about electrifying vehicles and their fleets, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, focusing on not just being pro-environmental, but in helping to lead the effort in conservation and the, uh, to talk more about what the business community has accomplished, what they haven't accomplished. And Eric, if you can give us a little bit of background on some of those areas, that would be great. And it'll help us steer our conversation right. and lead into our interview. Right. So one of the initiatives that uh, Inslee has taken in Washington State is that there are their vehicles, the state portfolio of vehicles, they have a 50% electrification plan. So that means 50% of the vehicles in the state fleet would be electrified. And that doesn't necessarily mean a full electric car. There's the PHEV, so that's a car that has a gas engine and electric. But the fact of the matter is that is a bold step. They're also the first state where there's been an executive order to limit CO2 emissions. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, clean energy schools within the colleges and university of washington he mentioned that and i think that's a great pipeline uh example that we can use here in georgia i think we need to have not only a you know a rate making school for citizens that want to understand the public service commission or southern company in georgia power but i think educating and engaging our college students is critical yep um commercial buildings within washington state now have to be ev ready so it doesn't mean that they have to have chargers but the infrastructure has to be there i guess to you know have quick hookup you know design accessibility for evs one thing that he talked about 
that was pretty interesting is he said that the colleges within the state of Washington, they compete against one another to get the most people registered to vote. I'd love to see that within the SEC in general. I mean, obviously, I'm a big Georgia fan, but I'd love to see schools in the southeastern United States that are not taking advantage of solar opportunities compete. I think uh, if you look around the state of Georgia, schools like Georgia Southern, which um, have access to Georgia's coast, I think we should pump more money into uh, wind research off the coast of, of Georgia. I think a grant being made uh, to areas like uh, Savannah State and other colleges that have access to uh, to our coastline, I think it'd be good to explore some renewable options. And I think it'd be good for us to do something that Governor Inslee did, which was secure $176 million of state investments in the clean energy and energy efficiency, which in my um, to my understanding, it was the most in the state's history to support Washington's rapidly growing clean energy industry. And we all know that clean energy jobs and this industry is the fastest growing um, of all industries in the United States. As we saw uh, Trump try to sound the horn or, or, or blow the trumpet, uh, you know, pun intended. Yeah. But, you know, if you if you look at Trump, he was so adamant about pushing for the for the coal uh, industry and and we don't hear him talking about it anymore no. because these clean energy jobs is you know where we are and um so I, I like one thing that I can honestly say I appreciate about Governor Inslee was his uh, leadership in promoting this 176 million dollars of state investments into renewable energy and energy efficiency programs um, as you all know we're billions of dollars um, indebted and tied up with, with nuclear plant Vogel in the state of Georgia. Um, and if you don't know, we've mentioned on the show before, but the nuclear plant Vogel was approved in 2009 as what was deemed as a nuclear renaissance in the United States. And obviously it didn't take off because of the risks and the expenses. And we spoke to Lindy Miller about that. Uh, we spoke to um, Don Randolph, not on this show, but I, I've spoken to Don Randolph about her ideas behind it. And also, you know, Georgia Power... Um, they hired lobbyists, an army of lobbyists, to make sure this was pushed through. And so there were outliers that led to Georgia's nuclear plant Vogel, which initially had an estimated cost of $14 billion. Um, it's currently a $27 billion price tag for taxpayers and ratepayers. And, you know, the types of investment that we did that we did read about from Governor Inslee were very promising. True. And I would hope that our next governor is willing to look at making more investments into those areas. True. Governor Inslee, he his argument is he believes that the environment needs to be at the forefront. So when we we're at this roundtable discussion, he said, essentially, a Democratic candidate needs to make the environment a top issue. He goes, it's always something for Democrats, but it's always down at the bottom of the list. And his argument is, guess what? All this stuff is at the forefront, whether it's global warming, you know, pollution, whatever. These are things we are now at this tipping point, or we might be past the tipping point. We've got to get on it. But I have to say something that's funny, because this was on a Sunday morning. And Daniel, Daniel, <laughs> Daniel wasn't able to go to church that morning. And so Governor Inslee did have a very good line, and he told Daniel that he's there at the meeting, he can consider that he's at the Church of Clean Energy. I so, love it. It worked. Hey, you know the funny thing about it is, as serious as the conversation of climate is, uh, I think that this conversation that we've begun to have and that we'll continue to have with uh, folks like our friend in, in Montana, Governor Bullock, uh, 
and hearing from Governor Inslee, uh, there is a movement, regardless of what the Trump administration has mm-hmm. done, of leaders. And I'm That's so right. happy to know that leaders as high up as governors and within our party uh, have done the, the right work and put the right steps in place. Right. Kudos to uh, another gentleman that I'm, I'm very uh, familiar with, Mayor Eric Garcetti in, in Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. who led an amazing effort. Uh, John R. Seidel right here in Atlanta, uh, previously, Steffi Stuckey Benfeld was uh, the uh, person responsible for sustainability and resilience mm-hmm. in the city of Atlanta. But young energy like John R. Sardell, who was in the room with us, who That's actually right. helped us to coordinate that meeting. Uh, I'm, I feel like we are um, in a good position because we have some very promising things that are happening. And as long as we continue, Eric, to uh, focus on, on raising and lifting up these voices... And these conversations mm-hmm. like the one we're about to hear with Governor Inslee, I think that we'll be on track to go into 2020 with a climate agenda, uh, with an environmental uh, blueprint or green mm-hmm. print, and yeah. also with a more qualified group of candidates. I heard that hundreds of scientists ran for public office right. this year on right. um, these midterm elections, mm-hmm. and I think that they're going to be bringing some ideas that can give us more uh, more of a platform to run on to make sure that everyone is included in the conversation about environmental equity, efficiency, and justice. And I'm so excited about the potential of where we can go. So speaking of that, at least seven people have been elected to Congress this cycle that are straight up scientists. That's good. So so that's real good. We learned a couple things, other things at the meeting that I think are really exciting. I, I think that, look, we have our audience around the world, but for for our core audience here in Georgia, you don't think necessarily of Georgia being at the environmental forefront. What we learned at this meeting, and, and, and we've heard from other places, Atlanta is a major city for green initiatives. We're competing with some of the you know biggest in the world, these cities. So it's really exciting. And over at the, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, we learned that they're taking plastic from the stadium. That's right. And they're recycling it. And when we have the Super Bowl, they're going to have the jackets that people are wearing there. They're all going to be made out of recycled plastic. Our good friend Scott Jenkins, who is the operations manager over at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, kudos to him. He's also the chairman of the Green Sports Alliance. And um, I'm so excited that uh, Scott is is at that position where we can take a massive event like the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and add an environmental footprint. Right. Well, look, before we get into this interview, I just would like to start giving you guys little tidbits of information and things to keep your eye on. So I want to add today something that uh, Blue Tipsy, keep your eye open. I don't know, man. Maybe you guys can send us some recommendations for what we should name it. But keep your eye on uh, Andrew Wheeler. Uh, We all are familiar with the infamous Scott Pruitt who ran the EPA and uh, did a a, a great job of totally dismantling the EPA, uh, dismantling regulations and allowing Mm -hmm. lobbyists and companies that are anti-clean environment to get in there. But we don't hear a lot about Andrew Wheeler. And we'll come back and we'll we'll uh, do a show focusing more on environmental issues that I think this show with Governor Inslee would be a great segue into. But please keep an eye on Andrew Wheeler, who is the... Uh, director of the EPA, the, the administrator for the EPA, uh, and and what he has done uh, under the radar as we go into 2020. Another smoke screen. There you go. See, that's what it's all about. You, you pay attention to Trump's stupid tweets while all this shit's going on. Yeah, federal judges, mm-hmm. the EPA, Ryan Zink over at the, uh, the Department of Interior. Pay attention. Uh, outside of all the good we're doing, 
Native Americans are losing their land and their mm-hmm. land rights. Uh, we are seeing the depletion of areas that uh, are protected to protect the animal animals and the species that are there. The species that live and, and thrive in our waters are currently being threatened uh, by the decisions we're making. And one thing that I'll end on is that Governor Inslee did talk about acidification. If you're not mm-hmm. familiar with acidification, the warming of our waters has depleted large populations of our oysters and our shrimp because the water and the temperatures are getting warmer. They cannot survive. Uh, a lot of their food resources and their ability to uh, to reproduce is being compromised. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for, for tuning in to Blue Topsy. Mm-hmm. Please continue to support Eric and myself. Uh, we have a very tough road, but by your sharing our podcast by uh, listening to them, giving us your feedback, emailing us, giving us show ideas. All that means a lot to us, and we're going to continue to to strive towards being the best podcast that you tune into. All right, so everybody, here's Governor Jay Inslee of Washington State. Thanks again. So, Blue Topsy Radio, we're here talking to uh, an amazing gentleman who I'll allow to introduce in a second. But Eric, I want to jump right into a conversation about climate, connect folks three days before the election. Yeah, so we are here with uh, Governor Jay Inslee of Washington State, and you are here supporting Stacey Abrams. Hmm. So one of the things that's going on in Washington State that's really exciting is that you have a carbon tax initiative. So can you explain to us what's going on? You bet. Before I do that, I want to tell you I'm a big Stacey Abrams fan. (laughs) I want to get that off my chest. I'm chairman of the Democratic Governors Association. I'm here helping Stacey. And one of the reasons is she has such a great clean energy vision Mm -hmm. for Georgia and how to create clean energy jobs. Her renewable portfolio idea, her training idea. This is a vision statement that's very exciting to Mm -hmm. me to see clean energy job creation here like has happened in my state. So I'm very excited about her candidacy. So um, uh, we have a, a measure on the ballot. It's actually a carbon fee. It's not technically a tax, okay. but it's a fee of $15 a ton. Okay. We're basically large polluting industries. Those who pollute over a million tons a year mm-hmm. will need to pay $15 a ton for their pollution. So okay. it's based on the concept that polluters ought to pay for pollution, right. not the rest of us, not mm-hmm. our kids who are getting asthma, not our, uh, our folks who have you know COPD and have trouble breathing. The burden should be on the polluting industries rather than the citizenry. And that fund would create a, a, about a billion dollars every couple of years in the years to come that will be used to help Washingtonians develop clean energy jobs, get access to clean energy, get access to electric cars, help businesses get access to HVAC systems that are more efficient, do all the things that are necessary to reduce carbon pollution mm-hmm. and build a clean energy economy. So we're excited about it. It's not guaranteed a passage. The oil industry spent $30 million <laughs> yeah. against it. It won't shock you. They just can't stand giving up that That's monopoly right. and the right to dirty our air in unlimited amounts. But So uh, we're moving forward on that. But even win, lose, or draw, we're going to be very active in building a clean energy economy in our state. Well, one thing I want to say to you is we've had President Obama, we've had Oprah, we've had governors, and I, I want to thank you for going to Chatham County tomorrow. You'll mm-hmm. be in Savannah, Georgia. And one thing that I would like to ask is, how important is it for us as Democrats to make sure that we are covering states? When you look at Florida, which you just left Florida supporting uh, Mm -hmm. Andrew Gillum, uh, we have 159 counties here in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And too often, we saw it in 2016, we've seen it prior to then, and we may continue to see it. 
but how important is it for us to connect our democratic messages, whether it's environmental justice and climate change or clean uh, jobs or, you know, uh, expanding Medicaid? How important is it for us to be able to reach out the boundaries of where Democrat democratic strongholds are and where we're comfortable with being? Look, the democratic value system is so resonant in small towns. It's, it's resonant in my state. Because there's two things that small towns frequently uh, need. One, jobs, and two, health care. That's right. And uh, just take the health care to deviate just for a moment. Look, we've had, uh, I know you've had hospitals closed down here in Georgia because we haven't had a- adequate health care in nine. So uh, this effort, this Republican effort to, to uh, you know, pull the legs out from under our health care system, first thing that happens is rural hospitals close because they don't have an adequate support, financial supports. This is a jobs issue because the largest employer in many small towns is is the hospital. And if it closes, that's a jobs issue as well as a health issue. So I think our message of increasing access to health care, getting access even though you have pre-existing conditions, is very important for, for small town America. Certainly is in my state. But, but the energy issue is the same thing because what I have found is one of the best ways to create jobs is clean energy jobs. And that is true in my state. Where some of the hottest places for clean energy job creation are small towns. Wow. In Grays Harbor, Washington, where we have a biofuels plant that has uh, very low carbon biofuels that we're shipping around uh, the world, we're hoping to, to eventually double production of that facility. In Moses Lake, Washington, this is not an urban center, these are relatively small towns. In Moses Lake, Washington, is the largest manufacturer. Uh, of carbon fiber that allows electric cars to be so fuel efficient. They wow. go in the BMW i3. In Lind, Washington, which is, you know, I don't know, the population is probably a couple thousand in Lind, Washington, where I cut the ribbon for 170 acre solar farm uh, a couple weeks ago. So we actually see some of the greatest job creation is in smaller towns in my, in my state. And we're very excited about that. And so are smaller towns. Look, Lind, Washington, uh, uh, you know, historically, it's been kind of a red area, but I got to go there and cut a blue ribbon and people see Democrats creating jobs. That's a good thing. Right. So we're excited about uh, job creation. By the way, statewide, clean energy jobs are growing uh, twice as fast as the rest of the economy. Twice as fast. So if you want to bet on job creation, clean energy is the most rapidly growing segment uh, for job creation in the United States. And so uh, put your money on a, something that grows and th- jobs. And thank you for energy. what you're doing with career training. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, for the high schools and the colleges, career training and creating pipelines from campuses into clean energy careers is critically important. We thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, and it's not not just campuses, too. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, around the country, people on campuses are excited about this. But we have a career-connected learning program to create a pipeline, an avenue, a ladder to careers that aren't just in colleges. Because we want kids to have a future even if they're not going to a four- or two-year college. So That's we're right. creating a... Mm-hmm. We call it career-connected learning uh, that basically gives you apprenticeships models. So right. you can be in an apprenticeship program while you're in high school. Mm-hmm. Switzerland, 70% of their high school students are in apprenticeship yep. programs. Wow. Where you can get a certificate if, you, if your vision is not involving college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want everybody to have a career, and uh, we're excited about this. That, that message is very resonant. It's actually one of the most resonant things that I say that we want every child to have a destiny for a career even if it doesn't involve college right. so in this 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 is perfect for those who are going to work in the solar industry those who are working in the wind industry the installers the, the metal workers the fabricators 
These are perfect for apprenticeship hmm. programs. Well, solar installation, that's the fastest growing new job in the country. Yep. And, yep. You, and, and that gets buried away. So I guess this gets to, I want to go to two different, two different directions and it all comes together. So clean energy. The sixth highest cause of death around the world is small particle right. inhalation, okay? Mm -hmm. So we know that the environment is critical mm -hmm. for us to clean it up. The Democratic Party, since you are the head of the DGA, mm -hmm. one of the issues seems to be we always have a terrible time with messaging. We are unable to package together <laughs> cohesive statements that people understand like, oh yeah, that saying, Democratic Party. What would you say is the head right now uh, of the governors what, what direction should we take? How can we package things together? As you've said to us in our meeting here this morning, you believe that green energy and the environment should be at the forefront for a presidential contender. Mm -hmm. I believe that. I, I believe that uh, uh, we have to make this a principal front burner issue message for the American people. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is not only is it is an environmental imperative, but it connects to the deepest wellsprings of American values of who we are as a people. We are an optimistic people. We are an entrepreneurial people. We are a can-do people. We invent. We create. We build. That's in the nature of America. And there's nothing that touches on those values more than building a clean energy future because it is optimistic. It is hopeful. It is a can-do spirit. So this is not something that's just an environmental issue or just mm -hmm. an issue just of health. It, it embraces the deepest parts of the American character. And that's why I believe it's a winning message and it is an environmental imperative because we've only got a few years to turn this ship mm -hmm. around. The world cannot succeed without American leadership, and we need that American leadership, and that means people who run for office need to make it a forefront uh, mm -hmm. effort. And frankly, we haven't done that yet. We've never given American a choice like that. We need to do that in 2020 and 2018 as well. We're doing that with Stacey Abrams. That's right. She's yeah. a great leader on this. She understands <laughs> it. So are congressional candidates and governors around the country, and I'm excited. We're going to win races we're this year. Yes. Look, I was just in Florida. Andrew Gillum is leading on this oh, in we're Florida. we're excited about Andrew. So we got good leaders across the country on this, um, on this issue, and we're going to win, and I'm, I'm excited about that. Well, I want to ask one more question, and then we're going to close this out. And we want to thank you so much for your time. Mm -hmm. um, the day after the election, uh, win, lose, or runoff, uh, Democrats have a long journey to take uh, to the 2020 election. I don't think we have the luxury of uh, taking a break after we elect good governors around the country. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to folks in rural parts of our country, uh, around the state of Georgia, everywhere for everyone listening, that we need to focus on, whether it's recruitment or you know focusing on supporting a, a governor's agenda? Because as you know, a governor is only as good as those who support him and the other statewide elected officials that he can you know work his agenda or her agenda through, what do we need to be doing the day after this election to make sure that we're going in the right direction and capacity towards 2020? Well, first off, uh, go to their inaugural speech and applaud lustfully and give them a standing ovation. <laughs> How's that for, for speaking as a governor? Uh, well, listen, we know that essentially the day after we got to get ready for 2020. That's right. We have to find leaders in 2020 who will advance this ball. I, as I've said, I think it is a winning issue for us to do this. We need to find them. We need to encourage them. I do think there is something, a role for all of us to play, which is to encourage leaders to embrace this. And what I would say is, look, don't, don't allow a candidate to roll through your town without them telling you what they're going to do for a mm -hmm. clean energy message. If people are running for the White House, don't let them roll through town until they tell you what their plan is to, to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. We do need to put forth leaders and candidates who will make this a foremost primary issue. 
only that will allow us to have a mandate to lead the world in clean energy. So all of us has a, have a role to play as yes, primary sir. voters, caucus goers, mm -hmm. to demand that from our leadership. If we do that, uh, we're going to do really well. I am an optimist about this. I, I believe this is the destiny of, of our nation to solve this problem. I think it's uh, the world cannot do it without us. And so we've, we need leadership at the top. And I want to thank you uh, for helping us get that leadership here in Georgia. Thank you for your leadership. Eric, you want to close us out? I just want to say also thank you to the governor for his time. And catch us on social media at Blue Topsy. And thanks again. Go get him. Don't forget to vote. Thank you so much, thanks, sir. Eric. Appreciate it.